0: Welcome to GDN's Talking Comics Interview. On today's show, we welcome talented creator, Curtis Klow. Curtis is the creative force behind a number of self-published books on his publishing house to Infinity Studios. These include Majestic, Slightly Exaggerated, The Wild Cosmos, and Beastlands, which is making its Dark Horse Comics trade paperback debut on June 15th. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GBN's Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today we welcome a shining example of the self-made creator, talented creator-writer Curtis Clough. Curtis has created a number of comic books and successfully crowdfunding them. All told, Curtis has brought to fruition 13 successful Kickstarter campaigns, including for his books Majestic, Slightly Exaggerated, The Wild Cosmos, and Beastlands. Of course, it was Beastlands that got the attention of Dark Horse Comics, and they will soon be adapting his five-issue series into a trade paperback coming to comic stores June 15th. So let's welcome talented writer and creator Curtis Clow to GVN's Talking Comics. How are we doing today,
1: Curtis? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. All
0: right, I appreciate it. Okay, so uh, just like I usually do for most of uh, my uh people that I haven't had an opportunity to talk to talk a little bit about, a bit about your background. Uh, so what got you interested in writing and comics in particular? And were there any uh, comics or creators that kind of inspired you to uh, pursue that goal?
1: Yeah, I was kind of always drawn to comics my whole life, uh, but I didn't really get into reading them until like my late teens, early 20s. And I always knew I I wanted to like pursue a uh, career doing something creatively, something writing stories. I just didn't know it was going to be for comics until I completely got obsessed with comics and fell in love with them. Then I knew that was the path and the medium I would choose to uh, end up working on. And uh, I started reading a lot of indie stuff, a lot of image stuff. Uh, Rick Remender uh, is a big influence in my work. Uh, I just love a lot of his stories, love the high concept stuff. Kirkman, obviously, with his success with Walking Dead and everything. Or, uh, I'm just really into the creator-owned space. So anybody who's like thriving and telling cool stories and making a career, uh, it's just really inspirational for me.
0: Okay, so like I said, you uh, kind of went about this a little differently than some creators. Like I said, you kind of went the self-publishing path and created your own two Infinity Studios to do that, uh, you know, it, which requires quite a lot of self-confidence uh, and not a small amount of courage to attempt it. So what made you decide to go ahead and go in that direction? And did, was there anybody that you could talk to to get advice before you kind of jumped in uh, to the self-publishing uh, part of it?
1: Yeah, I just went that direction because uh, I think Kickstarter first launched back in like 2010 or so. That's like the top crowdfunding platform that people use to make any kind of project. But comics are very popular and successful in there. And once I saw Kickstarter on there, I just knew that that could be a spot where I could launch a comic, and if as long as you have a following, uh, you get the funding to make your own comic, and it just seems like the best way to go. Like you can't just go pitch your stuff to Marvel or DC; you have to build up your name, and you're kind of like in this enigma. Like how do you build up your name if you can't get work writing? Uh, so just make your own stuff. That's what. A lot of these experienced writers will give you tips, like just make your own stuff. But it costs money, of course. So then you, right. that's why where crowdfunding comes in, where it's a chance for you to uh, to not have to put all of this art and everything as a writer, you have to pay for the printing, pay for the art. You can uh, not put it all on credit cards and kind of get funding for that. But the uh, the indie space and Kickstarter and like artist alley conventions, there's so many like friends and people who who were ahead of me already launching Kickstarters that I got advice from um, and gave me tips for launching my first one. There's a great podcast called Comics Launch uh, with Tyler James. He gives you tons of tips for launching your uh, kick, your comic on Kickstarter. But uh, I just started small, like my first Kickstarter back in 2017 was only for a couple hundred bucks and I had maybe like 12 backers. And then I launched another one uh, a couple months later for the first issue of my first comic series. That one hit like 6,000 and we just barely got funded. And now I'm on my 15th Kickstarter and it gets funded in a matter of hours and we way over fund. Uh, so I'm just like really fortunate to have built up this following over the years.
0: Okay, so like when you set up your, your funding, how do you actually set, you know, okay, this is my goal. You know, is this just, is the goal just set for this will get me, pub- you know, get me published. And, you know, uh, I, this is the bare minimum of what I need or do you yeah, kind of. Over- yeah.
1: You, you want to go with the more minimum. You don't want to get greedy and just <laughs> set your goal for, you know, a, a way higher than what you actually need to make the comic. Of course you can always overfund and that extra funding goes to you where you can put it into your business account or your savings or get finally be able to pay yourself. But on those first few kickstars, you're probably not going to be paying yourself. Most of the money is going to go into the book, into the art, but now I've gotten to a point where like our, my latest Kickstarter, I have one live right now. The goal was 14,000. We hit that within 24 hours. We're at, I think, 39,000 now. So it's just like, like over 200% funded where uh, a lot of that extra funding I'm able to put back into the books. But setting that initial goal, like you, you just want to make sure you want to make sure you set a goal that's uh, realistic, though, like how much money you actually right. need to ship this, to print this, to pay for the art, to pay for taxes, all of that important stuff.
0: And so, yeah, the the few uh, that I have seen sometimes that don't get totally funded. Uh, just by looking at it, i almost thought that they kind of started too high uh but uh you know and it's maybe you know you know i'm not gonna mention any names but i was assuming these were people maybe who this is kind of the first time and they're trying to get a feel for what how to do that yeah
1: definitely that's why like starting small i can't stress that enough like my first kickstarter was for like a mini print and then after that just one issue and you know the goal was like five thousand, and we just barely hit that so you got to start small and really build it up over the years unless you're like a big name like scott snyder or keanu reeves who's just right. gonna you know By then obviously they have
0: a following right? yeah yeah uh so okay so you know once you decided to take the reins of your own projects of course then you had to find artists to work with uh mm-hmm. so uh what were the challenges in trying to just uh find an artist that kind of matched up to, to the stories that you were writing
1: yeah i'm really picky when it comes to what artists i work with i have these art styles in mind for these specific stories and i, I just uh you got to be patient like it can get frustrating if you just want to work on a story right away and find an artist So I I make sure I find the right art style for the story. Um, You know, Beastlands, that's one of my fantasy series. I know it had almost like an anime feel. Um, So I just really wanted to find the right art style. But then even after that, even after finding a good artist, like you want to make sure you find their actual sequential pages. You can't just look at pinups and stuff. You got to see Have they worked on comics and stuff? And, uh, and kind of have to build this, like almost like a friendship relationship with them. Like how, how reliable are they? Are they going to hit deadlines? Um, are they able to work quick? Are they signing up like long-term or are you guys just going to do like a, a graphic novel? There's a lot of stuff that goes into it.
0: OK, so like when you're working, OK, so that you pick an artist, uh, is this a really collaborative effort in your case where you're kind of discussing things as you go or do you just give them a script and say, OK, this is how does that work for you? Because different artists and writers work differently.
1: Yeah, it's, it's different with every artist, but it's definitely collaborative. I think that's when it's the most fun. I've had that where I just give them the script and it just feels like it's you know like it's just going through the assembly line but that's just not nearly as fun it, it's much more fun when you're collaborating and they're sharing ideas i'm always open to like I, I give them a full script but i'm always open to ideas uh if they want to change anything if they have like ideas for like special panels like I, it just makes the process more fun when it's more collaborative and these are creator owned comics so i'm not just paying them like a freelance page rate a contract like uh we, we both own these properties so i want them to care about it and be invested
0: Okay, so we talked about Beastlands, and of course, Beastlands is the book that uh, Dark Horse has decided to uh, turn into a trade paperback for you. Okay, so tell us, a little, tell, our, tell us a little bit about what Beastlands is about.
1: Yeah, Beastlands is a fantasy adventure series in a world where some people have uh, these big companion beasts, kind of like Pokemon meets like Game of Thrones. And it's about a boy that has to save his beast and friends before a tyrannical king tries to wipe out all the beasts.
0: Since we're talking about it, the connection between the animals and their human, uh, for lack of a better term, partners in Beastlands will no doubt resonate with uh, animal lovers who, of course, see their pets as kind of members of their family. Uh, Was that something you were trying to reach out or embrace in Beastlands?
1: Definitely. Yeah, that's like the main theme of the story is kind of that pet and human bond and relationship. And uh, like, I always try to give my stories a deeper meaning and a deeper theme. Otherwise, it's just like mindless entertainment. So I have to have like a purpose for the story and a meaning. And uh, my dog was hit by a car back in like 2016. And luckily, she survived, but it took a lot of extra care um for her recovery over like the next nine months. And she made a full recovery, but I just that whole experience and dealing with that. And uh yeah, after she got hit, I had to like carry her home. I thought she was dying in my arms. It was very dramatic. And I just tried to put that whole experience into this whole story. That's kind of a central theme and kind of the heart of the story.
0: You see, and that's another one of the main things of it is you know, we talking about the king, you know, say is the king's reaction to the death of his daughter and the action it inspires, because uh, it's an emotional look really at the impact of grief and how different people react and respond to it. And, and also mainly the dangers that can happen when it's taken to the extreme, which is pretty much what the king did.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a villain for a reason. And uh, I, I just think if you have a, a good backstory for a villain and you can kind of see them, rather than him just starting out already super evil, you kind of see him start to tilt that way where he's kind of having a conversation with his wife there and he's not sure if he should even do it. And uh, until he snaps and just goes full evil.
0: Very much so. Okay. And speaking of the art, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the artwork in Beastlands, lands. Uh, and that would be Joe Young who is your co-creator and artist. Uh, and I, just, as you said, is that her work is very energetic with a very vibrant uh, anime style to it. It uh, really works great in the book. Uh, so how did that collaboration come about?
1: Yeah, I just saw her work on Twitter, I think, and I saw some of her comic pages. But surprisingly, it was just some like commission pages she had done, and she had never actually worked on a, a professional comic or anything. Really? So uh, I was, I just saw her work and asked if she was interested in uh, teaming up for this story I had, Beastlands. I thought she'd be perfect for it, and she took a little time to think about it. She was working in the video game industry at the time, and. And then she, she wanted to hop on and it was her first comic. She did was decent spawn. And now I think she's just doing comics full-time. She does work for boom and some other publishers and yeah, just really lucky. Like b definitely wouldn't be what it is without her. Uh, she makes, makes the comic with the art.
0: Yeah. So, and I, you would have knocked me over with it as you told me that was her first uh effort because it
1: it's was very brilliant. surprising yeah, yeah but she's just getting better with every issue but yeah no people never believe that when you when you say it's her first uh comic it's, she's got a great art style and her sequential pages are just great
0: yeah okay so uh, as far as with working with dark horse comics how exactly did that come about
1: yeah they uh they contacted me and i met one of their editors and um we just slowly started to talk. I pitched them the series as we as we were still kickstarting issue by issue, and uh, they were they were interested and in gave us a yes back before the pandemic even started. Uh, we signed a contract for them to to publish the trade paperback of issues one through five. Um, and it's still completely creator-owned, so we still own the IP. We're still Kickstarting, actually, the single issues. We already did the Kickstarter for issues six and seven. But this will give them a chance to now get the trade paper back out to a, a wider market, into bookstores, comic shops. And, uh, you know, we, we get like a 1,000 backers or so on Kickstarter, which is great Kickstarter numbers. But this this will just give us a chance to hit that whole new market of people who, you know, don't buy their books on Kickstarter and are used to going to the comic shops and bookstores.
0: Oh, okay, so is this just specifically for Beast Lines or do, do you have any else? in the works as far as some of your your other books
1: yeah always other stuff in the works but nothing i can talk about yet for now just uh just Beastlands.
0: (laughs) so uh, i should be used to that by now but i always (laughs) i always gotta try to throw it out there okay uh so and you said uh, beastlands comes to dark horse in june i think
1: yeah, it'll be uh, the trade paperback will be out uh, June 15th in comic shops and then Amazon and bookstores on June 28th. It's already available for pre-order at comic shops or Amazon or any other bookstore you can pre-order now.
0: Uh, and I recommend that you you get it because it, it is a very good. Uh, 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 thank store. you. Uh, okay, you also uh, delve into video games, correct?
1: Yeah, I do a little freelance writing uh, in the past on some games. It's, uh, it's another passion of mine where if I hopefully, if I had more time, I would love to like work on some more AAA games or indie games. It's just a passion that in board games for sure.
0: So, so uh, how did I mean? How did you get uh, a foothold into doing writing for video games?
1: people seeing my comic work surprisingly enough and them contacting me. So it was lucky. I think before I ever even made a comic, I was trying to write for video games and it's, it's a hard industry to break into because sometimes writing in, in the game industry is kind of an afterthought where they, they want to build the game mechanics and the gameplay first and work on everything else in the design. And then they bring in a writer late to try to like squeeze stuff in. So it's hard to get into that industry as a writer. And uh, luckily uh, I got some opportunities after them finding my comic work and just uh, just on some small indie games, but hopefully I can get some more of that in the future. It's uh. It's more just for just because I love it. It's cool to work on, yeah.
0: Excellent. Okay, well, that's what I pretty much got t- for you today, Curtis. But before I let you go again, I want to give you an opportunity to promote any other, of course, I guess there are certain things you can't talk about, but any other works that you might want to talk about? And where can our readers follow you, either on the web or on social media?
1: Yeah, I do have another Kickstarter live right now for my other fantasy series. It's called Slightly Exaggerated. That one is a four-issue miniseries. Uh, all four issues are available now on Kickstarter. It's already funded. It's going to be live until June 8th. It's, a, it's another whimsical fantasy world. It's about a dying treasure hunter that has to steal back a sacred gem from a crazed cult leader. So that one will be live until June 8th. If you go on Kickstarter, just search for Slightly Exaggerated. Or if you go on my social media, I have links. I'm at Curtis Clow on basically all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
0: That's not, all right. Well, I thank you for your time, Curtis, and we'll be following Beastlands very closely and some of your, uh, your other books. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you again real soon.
1: Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh,
0: all right. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation. At Parker, our purpose is simple.